The show. It's the show. The show. It's our second uh, Facebook Live. We really enjoyed the first one, so we couldn't wait an entire week, so we're back here on Monday. Plus, kind of a lot of stuff happened over the weekend, and I think the big news baseball-wise around Chicago today is I cannot remember if this has ever even happened here. Maybe at some point in the 90s? I don't know. But uh, AL Player of the Week, Eloy Jimenez, he uh, crushed it. He had three homers, his first Grand Slam, because uh, Major League Baseball is still very obsessed with average, and that's something I – Love to maybe get into before this uh, uh, podcast is over today, but he batted 437. Personally, tell me what your OPS is. That's that's the stat that matters. But anyway, slugging, uh, uh, his batting average was uh, 437. And also, NL Player of the Week. Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant. Hit, hit 500 this past week. I'm sorry, I don't know his OPS. I'll get that for you next time. I'll be better next time. No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know Eloy's OPS. I'm saying MLB's flaw is we still talk batting average. I know. Who cares? Uh, 13 RBI for Chris Bryant. Uh, pretty good week, considering I just said the Cubs should trade him on our last episode. But you again, that's not, that's, not about, that's not about production. That's about maximizing his, maximizing his value at this moment which would be this offseason trade and then would be their best thing. But it's just ironic that, of course, he's player of the week. Uh, the other big news, breaking news, Anthony Rizzo out, <laughs> uh, out day-to-day right now uh, in a walking boot for five to seven days, and then they'll reevaluate from that point. I, I don't see how that's going to be in the regular season, which means he cannot help in the playoff push, which is precarious at best at this moment. Um, I think I heard uh, Jesse Rogers on ESPN 1000 mention that uh, he thought it could be, I believe like maybe the league championship series or even the world series. If they make it that far before Rizzo could be back. So I <laughs> He's got, he's got to report it. He's got to report it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. All right. I, I, can I call you my little dreamer? Hey. I, I didn't say it. I said Jesse Rogers reported it. Clean out your fucking ears. <laughs> Sorry, what? Hey, uh, oh speaking, speaking of the Cubs making the playoffs, I, uh, I, pulled, some, uh, I pulled some disturbing numbers today. Um, first off, the, the Cardinals, um, the, the Cubs OPS against the Cardinals at whatever Bush stadium, that's what it's still called is 504. That's their OPS is 504. At Bush Stadium, they gotta they gotta close out the year there. That's that, that's not uh, very very positive. Um, They've got four games. Here. What? They've got four games here, though. Yeah, uh, the four games here. The uh, the uh, Cubs 
The the Cardinals are a six six five three OPS versus the Cubs, but what's scarier is the Reds, who are at, at Wrigley right now, are losing eight forty. They're OPS. losing right now, three to nothing. Is the game over? Oh Jesus Christ! Anyhow, um, I'd say that's more relevant than your OPS numbers. What's happening on the field actually right at the moment? So I'll go with that. What three nothing. Three nothing Cubs. No, what inning? Uh, I don't know. Third. Oh, so there's still six more innings to go. <laughs> Is this what we're gonna do? No, I'm just saying. Uh, and then one, one, one that really surprised me is the um, the Pittsburgh Pirates when they play the Cubs at home have an eight fourteen OPS against them. So a series that I thought would probably just be a walkthrough for them coming up against the Pirates may be a bit of a struggle. And we all know that they have a terrible road record this year, so. It's not, uh, you know, we're not we're not out of the woods quite yet. <laughs> uh, no, not at all. Uh, Cubs did have a nice weekend before the tragic Rizzo news. Uh, the wind started blowing Friday afternoon and didn't stop blowing until the Cubs had 47 runs, setting a franchise record for a three-game series that's, I don't know, 150 years old. <laughs> crazy yeah, I mean, uh they went they went nuts i was at the game friday it was we were we were late because our mutual buddy our mutual buddy vit uh was late who is always late for everything so we were late to the game but fortunately the first inning took about a fucking hour to complete so we didn't miss a ton uh of course lester had already given up four runs before i showed up as, as I think you predicted. Uh, fortunately, the Cubs came back with five in the bottom of the first and like five more in the third, and it was just a joke after that. It was, it was crazy. Um, same thing on Saturday. They just kept hitting. Same thing on Sunday. They just kept hitting. It's, it's, uh, they were actually led by Chris Bryant. Uh, he had three home runs just this weekend. Uh, he, was hit, he went seven for 11, which – it's over 700. That's all I know. I don't know the OPS. I'll look that up next time. Uh, yeah, they went, they went crazy. It was a fun time, fun weekend, uh, somber ending with the Rizzo news, you know, just, it's kind of typical of this team all year. Just when you think, you know, you got something positive to hang your hat on, you know, they go on a winning streak or, you know, things are, you know, people are getting healthier. They're coming back from, from injuries or whatever's going on. Just as soon as you start feeling a little bit, happy about something it goes to shit immediately and this is just yet another example and we are where we are it's, i guess i shouldn't be too surprised this is this is what they've been all year there's there's issues on uh, every front. I, I was tearing up over here i'm sorry just, yeah i saw you um no i but i agree with you all kidding aside they uh if, if someone Every time you think the team's gonna be out on the field, which is uh, which even in the NL Central is is, is hard to, um, you know, to win a division if you can't keep your starters out on the field, and they just haven't been able to keep their starters out on the field this year. Um, fortunately, they're only well. Fortunately, they're only. 
I just want to finish with the Cubs here. Uh, fortunately, they're only two games back in the division behind the Cardinals with seven games left to play. We kind of talked about that, but um, so I, I feel better about being two games back in that scenario than being four games back. It's not, it's not the end of the world, but again, with everybody going down, who knows? Uh, they are only one and a half back and behind the first wild card slot. The uh, Nationals have that, which is interesting because the Nationals and Cardinals are playing right now. They're playing a three game series, so that's yeah, gonna kind of a win win for the Cubs. Yeah, I mean the Cubs just need Cubs need to take care of the Reds, which they've struggled to do all year. They're seven and nine against them so far, and they need they need to sweep. I mean that's that's what it comes down to. Just it feel like every series they need they need to sweep. Now, they are still one game up in the second wild card over Milwaukee, uh, who, of course, they've gone, like, I, I forget, like, how long ago Yelich got hurt, how many games they've played, but they're, they've won nine out of the last ten, so somehow Yelich isn't really affecting them too much, but we'll see. It's going to be a fun two weeks. It would be nice to have Rizzo with us, but, and Baez, by the way. Yeah, two I mean, Baez is... When Baez got hurt, I felt like that was like, wow. Yeah, that that was brutal. Kind of like the, I did, and they they've done okay. I mean, I bet if we look if we look at the record since the injury, it's it's a winning record, but um, or close to it. Um, but he's like just such the. I don't know. I I mean, when I look at Baez, I think he's kind of like the heart of the team in a way, like just because of what he can like. He can change the momentum of, of a game. And not many, just offensively. He can do it yeah, defensively. Yeah. And that's yeah, the that, difference. That's what I was going to say. He, can, he affects the game in so many different ways. Uh, offensively, defensively, emotionally, you know, getting the crowd into it, everything else. He, that, that's, that's another reason why I think the Cubs should prioritize him overall, you know, when they, yeah, right, I agree. they go to resign everybody. So Yeah, and we, and we talked about the fact of – like even if you're just looking at, you know, if you're looking statistics and wars and all that, he's he's exceeding all the Cubs in that at the moment. So, but yeah, I think he, I think he's the, I think he's the guy you build around. Because um, short, a, a, that's the other thing too. If you look at um, his position, he's like an Alfonso Soriano almost was in his prime. You know what I mean? Like. He's the guy who's gonna, who's got the potential to jack the thirty, the you know the thirty plus home runs every year at shortstop, and that's not, that's not the norm necessarily. So he uh, he adds just great value to the team. Um. So, yeah, just it's gonna be a weird. It's gonna be just a. It's gonna be a crazy end of the season, and it's. it's not all the time do you have the scheduling come into play Yeah, that it's so dramatic, but it really is. Yeah. With, I mean, and, with seven, seven and, games, and, two weeks yeah. with all, it's just, it's, I thought it was weird when I saw first saw it whenever last year and it's playing out perfectly, but yeah, it's actually pretty cool. I, I mean, you can't, you can't really – you could be annoyed with it, but it, it ends up being cool. And, you know, Cubs have every chance in the world. They've got everything right in front of them. they just got to win games. Yeah. So. No, I agree with you. I think it turned out to be really cool. Um, unfortunately, like for you and I, uh, 
they always set up like a socks uh socks in detroit a lot in september but it really hasn't met dick the last few years it's just uh a game we can go and then go watch football or something downstairs in the bar. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> kind of what the game means at this point. Like the one year we went down and watched the, well, that was at the beginning of the season though. We went down and watched the Blackhawks win the Stanley Cup, but um, like well, there, there, first you watch the White Sox beat the Tigers 15 to one. Well, we didn't, <laughs> then we went, we then we went down. It was just uninteresting. Cause we didn't, <laughs> We were already down in the bar, well into the the oh, slaughter yeah. in the game. Yeah, because we were just well, like, "Why are we out here in the cold?" It was kind of cold, I think, too, a bit chilly. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, this, this is going to get us off topic for a second. But speaking of chilly nights, Smitty, I don't know if everyone could see this. I'm going to try to get a better camera too. This is the Mark Burley ticket, my friend. Hold on. <laughs> I think I might have mine here. A real, quick, a real quick note on this. I was a White Sox season ticket holder, and it was a really cold night, and literally no one who was a Sox fan, and make your jokes now, would go to the game with me. And I I got a hold of Smitty and said, hey, listen, I, I know, you know you're not a Sox fan, but we got a Burley Sosa's in town. It's kind of cold out, but uh, you know, it's a free ticket. You want to go? And he's like, yeah, I'll go with you. Yeah. Burley ends up pitching a no-hitter. That would have been a perfect game if he hadn't walked yes. Sosa. <laughs> yeah. And I really love it. And I, I, this is, I, cause we're, I don't want to go on on this. This might be a story for another time. Maybe we'll do – maybe I could probably – we could definitely do a, a whole hour on funny stories at the ballpark. But there's this guy who hated Sammy Sosa behind us to a level that was like freaking scary. Yeah, that guy had and some anger issues. He had anger issues, and I'll I'll, uh, I'll leave that at that. I just want to my notes, my notes. I, I was scribbling notes earlier dealing with my children, but I want to just make a correction on one thing I said earlier. This is the Cubs-Cardinals, how close they are this year. And I I, I made an erroneous comment. (laughs) It won't be the last. You're right. Uh, At at Bush Stadium, the Cubs bat 6-9-7. Or the Cardinals bat 6-9-7 at Bush Stadium and 6-8-9 at Wrigley. And the Cubs bat 5-0-4 at Bush, which I got that part right. But what's interesting, the Cubs own the series this year so far. I think it's, what, 7-5 right now. Um, but they are, like, really, like, when you look at the numbers, a, a pretty, like, nose-to-nose team. So, you know, everyone's, everyone's been talking about how, wow, they're, you know, they're not within X amount of games. There's no way they can win the division. But I think two it's games. just going to be a matter – yeah, it's two games now, which – if I'm a Cubs fan coming out of this weekend, I'm in a totally different state of mind than when I entered the weekend, which we kind of had that conversation when we wrapped the show on Friday that will we do a show on Monday it kind of depends what happens over the weekend. And uh, a 47-run explosion um, in Clint Hurdle's face. Oh, and, oh yeah. Uh, Good point. Uh, I meant to bring that up, too. That that was the real deal. Of the week. 
Yeah, that was yeah, the most course. that was the most delicious part of it. Just doing that yeah. all in Clint, Clint fucking Hurdle's face. Yeah, so even though I was kind of surprised, even with that ass beating, he didn't get didn't get all meathead and start throwing at everybody. So didn't tell his pitchers to go ape shit. So well, he got when he MLB finally stepped in and said something to that. And he, well, I think I, he heard. I think he heard me call him an asshole of the week, and he felt bad and felt well, that's and I mean, We've had at least like thirty five people watch this. I'm sure one of them <laughs> has heard him. We think <laughs> if, you believe, if you believe Facebook stats. Well, it might be very, they might be very inflated. Don't say that. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Sorry, Mark. I didn't mean to piss you off Zuckerberg. Nothing was said. All Facebook stats are a hundred percent (laughs) true. What else about the Cubs? I think, I think the Cubs, uh, just my opinion is I think they just, have as good of a shot as the Cardinals right now winning the division at only two games back with a pretty favorable schedule. I mean, I guess the games that concern you are the road games because of their road modes this year. I mean, that's it. Yeah, I mean, and really. Black, is it six or it's six to close out, right? Or seven on the road? What, is, it three, uh, six. is it three and three? It's three and three, right? Three at the Pirates, three at the Cards, right? Yep. So. Got Monday off. And, I think, and, and one thing I did want to bring up, like I think the only the only like uh, iffy game in this red series is probably tomorrow because I think it's sunny, gray so tomorrow. Is. Yeah, but, it is. But outside of because you get to miss Castile, which is nice because he's that's been, huge. That dude's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. Yeah. Um. So I agree. So uh, you got kind of two schlubs, and I I looked at some numbers on them. I mean, the Cubs bats against the – I forget who's pitching tonight, but mo- most of the guys in the starting lineup, uh, the, the main contributors, are batting like 400 or better against this guy tonight. So um, historically, and same thing with their pitcher on um, on Wednesday. So uh, we'll see. You did a lot of research. Jesus Christ. I, I did a lot of research today. I did a lot of numbers, and I did research to make up for – me saying, I think, three times in uh, on Friday that, well, I didn't really look that up yet, but, uh, you know, uh, I will before next time. So, if we're done with the Cubs, I'll, I'll, do, a, I'll do a quick Giants note. Uh, and, and Tigers fans out there, there's been an agreement uh, made at the moment that we won't talk about the Tigers. Is that correct? Uh, if something comes off, they... They had a walk-off winner on Saturday with a grand slam, but they have got 100, good, right? 100, 103 losses, 104 losses. I mean, maybe they lost today, 104 losses. No, I don't they won today, right? Or did they, they, they have a 5 lead last I checked? I yeah, they did win. Um, so the Giants had a uh, – the San Francisco Giants had a um, what I would call an okay weekend. Sure, they won two out of three games, but it was against the Marlins. So um, you kind of want to – kind of want to sweep that series. But uh, what's interesting, the game they lost was Mad Bum's game on Saturday where he goes seven innings of two-run ball only, and the bullpen gives up the uh, loss for a 4-2 loser. But positive signs that are pointing to next year is Cueto pitched well again. Again, again this is the Marlins, but... He, he allowed three hits over five innings. 
and and uh, two uh, two runs. So not too bad. And uh, Beatty, uh, who's been up and down this year, went six and a third shutout innings with five Ks over the Marlins. So again, it's the Marlins, so you you don't get too terribly excited about that, but. They're still technically a professional ball club. Although I'm starting to question, and not to get off topic, but professional. Oh, no. Pete, you dropped off. For three points over two games. Dude, you, you just cut out for about 10 seconds. I did? Oh. Uh, I was just saying that the Dolphins and Marlins, there's some weird sports epidemic or or uh, illness going on in Florida because the Marlins, uh, the Miami Dolphins are just as bad as the Marlins. as They've scored three points over two football games and are a 20.5 <laughs> underdog, negative 20.5 over the, over the Cowboys game this week. Now, oh, wow. the, 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 not the, again, this is, a, this is a baseball broadcast, but it's hilarious the Patriots were like 22 point favorites and won 43 to nothing. It was, I think so the college football in, in when you play, when you play in Miami or, or, uh, or any, any team out of Florida, it's college football all the way. So that's <laughs> the Giants. Uh, I did read, I did read real quick. Some, uh, a little bit of a, a optimistic story about what's coming down the pipeline for them. Not necessarily next year, but the year after. So, um, I kind of do think if Cueto comes back healthy next year, you recite Mad Bum, and uh, maybe Beatty makes a, a step forward. You actually, and, and Samarja continues on this. I'm I am Jeff Samarja, what I was supposed to be type of revitalization. You actually got a pretty good one through four there. It's it's you know five or going out and signing someone. Um, and then offensively, they're always going to be a question mark. But I also believe, like, if you have really good pitching, as they had in the years when they won the three World Series, um, you might be able to survive. So I feel a little bit better about the Giants after I, I did some uh, some number crunching today. We're all but, happy. For you. What? We're all happy. happy for you. Ah, we're happy for you. I'm moving on to the beloved now. So Smitty and I have been talking about a few things with the White Sox. So um, let's get into, since I did my research now, before we get into uh, the other giant elephant in the room, their manager, before we get into that topic, let's get into free agents. So so the White Sox are, are, are going into what, Everyone in the baseball world seems to uh, be thinking and what the White Sox have hinted at as their window. The window is about to start next year. This is it. Uh, you got to get shit done. Yeah. Well, I, and as I, as I will reiterate, I agree with you. I reiterate what I said in, in the last one that I kind of think you've got four starters out on the field and, and then four or five starters out on the field and then four backups are playing in starting positions right now. So um, you have to fill those holes. So let's look at this. So let's start off with pitching. And 
Um, obviously, Garrett Cole is the prize. And, you know, why not get Garrett Cole if you can afford to get Garrett Cole? He's 29 years old. He's got a 4.5 war. Oh, I got that stat too. The best of all the starting pitchers out there right now um, that are going to be available next year. So if you can get Garrett Cole, go get Garrett Cole. What, 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 what it does, it does no harm to your team. It only makes your team better. Um, I think next up, it's kind of a, it's kind of a coin toss, but you're talking oh. Zach, Zach Wheeler or Mad Bum. What? Hey, can we go back? Can we go back to, to Garrett Cole? Yeah. I don't, know, I don't know if you heard about this, this past, this past weekend, or at least his last, I think the stat was his last 20 innings. He's got like 40 some strikeouts and it's just ridiculously dominant. Yeah, um, he pretty mediocre to me. So he's pencil in at three. I think. <laughs> well, that price yeah. tag just, that price tag. Just <laughs> yeah, right. right. Well, we got like five hundred million dollars to spend. So whatever. yeah, yeah. This might be my whole rant. Last episode was that Jerry's got the money. He might not have that much money. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no. That I I actually did not know that. So that's that's um, disturbing almost for the free agent market. <laughs> um, yeah. And then uh, I, I think like right behind him, if you don't get him, which. I think what you said has a lot of reality to it is uh, you got Zach Wheeler and Mad Bum. I think Mad Bum is totally going to stay in San Fran, so really that leaves Zach Wheeler. Then after that, it turns into second-tier guys, which um, based on what I looked at, in the upcoming, so so I, I, one of the things I alluded to is maybe the Sox are thinking about spending money over the next two years. You do have Bauer, um, Quintana, if they wanted him back, if the, there's two options there. The Cubs have the club option for 11.5 this year. They're taking that. They're Let's totally see. taking that. So yeah. in 2020, though, he's a free agent. So I don't right. know. There's there's that looking ahead. There's Bauer in 2020. Um, and then someone's name, you're going to laugh at me that I scribbled on here that I can't read right now. So, but, <laughs> Hey, I had a question. Well, I had this, I had a similar list, but I had um, Hunjin Ryu. Is he not, did he get signed or he was like number two on my list right behind Garrett Cole. Oh, I think there's a club option or something, and I just okay. assumed, even though I, I, I don't even know why I mentioned Mad Bum, because I think he's going to, his club option is, uh, I mean, I think they're just going to sign him, but there's no club option on him. I think Ryu had a club option. Okay, I didn't see that. He's also 33, and I think he pitched out of his mind this year, I don't he was a staple of my fantasy team for a couple months and then got hurt. But Or no, I traded him, I think. Well, no, he didn't have a club option. I left him off because I don't want to, for me, I wouldn't want to sign anyone because these are all going to probably be like four or five-year deals. I wanted to try, if, if I'm the White Sox GM, I want to try to sign someone tops, probably 31 years old. Yeah. Just because 
you, you you're going to get the best out of them. You mean you don't want Cole Hamels? You can get Cole Hamels on a four-year deal. Uh, that he's 36. Someone will. Maybe the Tigers. Um, (laughs) So I I I look there. There's a pretty huge list of um, of potential free agent starting pitchers, and there were two names that jumped out at me as um, potential. If you if you miss out on those three that I mentioned, because I think Ryu's going to end up with a probably five year deal. Wow. I don't want to see him on the White Sox at thirty eight years old. Yeah, if, I don't blame three, if if he's looking for a three year deal, maybe. But I don't know. It just seems this nowadays like someone like the Red Sox. Well, maybe not now that Dombrowski's gone, but or, <laughs> or whoever. But like. It just seems like some team with money might just be like, oh, here's, you know, here's five years with the uh, option and whatever. Um, yeah, I think you're seeing that less and less, especially this, this past year where there was such a such a dearth of free agent signings. Like nothing happened until, you know, the season started, basically. And you even saw players like Craig Kimbrell not even get signed until halfway through the season. So I think that that attitude yeah, of throwing can't stay out I of the think, field. So it was a it was a solid move by all MLB teams. The the, uh, I mean, the uh just the, I think the the days of throwing them you know a lot of money and many years contracts I think it might be ending, especially for pitchers. I think people I think GMs are just getting smarter about it. Yeah, I mean we'll see. I don't know. I feel like I mean, Garrett Cole's definitely going to get some sort of crazy-ass five-year deal. Um, there is there there were a couple intriguing uh, opt-out ones, which I thought was funny. Um, Strasburg cannot can opt out of four years and a hundred million dollars if he wants to. I saw that. You know, yeah, that's not um, going to happen. There was there was another oh Darvish can opt out of uh, eighty one million dollars remaining on his contract with the Cubs. Well, dare to dream, right? Dare to dream. Yeah, I wouldn't. I couldn't. Couldn't well, afford to lose him at this point right now. So. He is. Yeah, he's he's been. I mean, kudos to all the abuse uh, you've given him on the uh, on MLA. He's uh, he's the guy. He's the guy that you, that the Cubs wanted right now. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll take the point so, for that. Getting back to my uh, to close out this uh, the free agent started pitching. There's two somewhat intriguing names that we all know. The White Sox historically have a way of um, seeming to somehow get the best out of out of pitchers who are who are a sort of like right in between. And Chris Archer is going to be a free agent, and I think it's questionable whether or not the Braves will take the option on Tahirah. Tahirah's 29 years old. He's shown a lot of promise over the years. And that could be a, a decent signing for the White Sox. Um, if for some Julio reason, Tehran? Yeah. Julio Tehran? Yeah, Julio Tehran. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't hear so, what you said. So, yeah. So, I don't know. Those are, those are two possibilities. Um, my biggest concern has been the bullpen. And, um, God damn, there is no one there. Will Smith, who's on on the Giants right now, 30 years old, 
had a very dominant year. That's about it. Like that I have any even interest in from the list I saw of relief pitchers. So that's going to, if they're going to bolster their bullpen, it's going to be through trade or something in the minor league system uh, coming up. But you're going to need someone uh, besides Bummer and Colome on the back end. So I hope that they aggressively go after Will Smith uh, this upcoming season. Offensively. Are we going to go through every position? No, I, I, got, I just got a, I just got a couple, okay. I just got a couple more real quick. Oh, go ahead. I'm going to go grab a beer and I'll be right back. <laughs> so uh, real quick, one of the – something that's intriguing for me for the White Sox I'm, uh, uh, would be Anthony Rendon. Now, well, I'll say that doesn't make sense because you have Yon Nakata at, at third. But is there, is there somewhere else that Rendon would be comfortable playing that would work for the White Sox? It's an intriguing pick. There obviously have to be a lot of conversations – with him before the signing happened, but intriguing. But you got to fill it. You got you need a legit DH, which that could also be Rendon if he's interested in not playing in the field anymore. That transition doesn't normally work out well. But you got the JD Mar- you got JD Martinez, who's rumored to be opting out of the Red Sox, as I kind of talked about last time. So he could be your DH in right field, though. Jose Abreu is your DH. Are you going to sign him? Yeah, but I think I think you can. He could be your. You you've got him at first base too for a couple more years until Vaughn comes up. So in right field, though, I think you have two two options. You have Castellanos, who likes Chicago, likes playing for Joe Madden. Joe Madden. <laughs> who knows? Who knows where? Who knows if Joe Madden may still be in Chicago next year? Well, yeah, we'll you jumped ahead. We definitely need to get to that in one minute. Yeah, um, we definitely need to talk about another, that. Another pick that I think the White Sox might be thinking about because of his Cuban ties is one of my favorite assholes in baseball, Yasiel Pui. <laughs> Patrolling right field. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a hell. He's got a lot of speed out there. And it, inside, inside a guaranteed rate, he's probably easily hitting – 30 plus homers every year. You've got the Cuban connection there. You'd have a nearly almost all Cuban outfield. It'd be Robert, Puig, and then Jimenez and left. I mean, I, I have to say, like, I don't know. I, that could be what's going to happen. this awesome. I love that. that. That's, that's the best. That's the best thing you've said in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for. It. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring a bat to the game and lick it right along with Yasiel and every at bat. I mean, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be, it's gonna be magic. People can't wait for bat. that. Ooh, that sounds dirty. You're gonna, um, you're gonna di- get a mohawk and dye it different colors every week. You know what? If I don't end up with a job soon, maybe. Um, so, uh, <laughs> is that a, is that a job calling you? <laughs> no, it's not. Um, you should answer that. Um, one interesting note: I did you did you look uh, real quick, and we'll we'll probably be, this will be more interesting for all of our teams uh, as we get into next year. Offensively, in the twenty twenty one free agent class is Mookie Betts, George Springer, 
Jack Peterson and Jackie Bradley Jr. Holy crap. That's 2021? Yeah. Nice. That, I like that. it. So, I think, again, like, we'll, see, we'll see how the White Sox spend. There may be some thoughts about about the about uh, 2021, too. So, anyway, I think uh, I think that's where the White Sox interests, in my opinion, should lie. Um, we'll see what happens. I agree with you, though. More, more I thought about what you said. Um, if you can go get Garrett Cole, go get Garrett Cole. Yes. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen, you know? You had your Chris Sale. You couldn't freaking win with him, so you traded him away to what is one of the best third basemen in the AL this year, uh, Yon Mankata. So, um, you know, you you got to you got to do what you got to do. But uh, this is, 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 is the window. If the clock is ticking now, then 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 make it freaking happen because the free agent pitcher class. You're not getting anyone better than Garrett Cole in 2021. So that goes right into one of the topics I mentioned on our outline before. If you want to talk about Rick Hahn, yeah, and when does his grace period end? Um, you know, he's he's. He's beloved. I, I think he's. I actually think he's a cool guy. I give him shit. I give you shit about it more than anything. My hashtag Wrath of Han. Anytime someone gets hurt or some weird thing happens to the Sox or things just don't aren't working out in Han's direction, um, I think he's a brilliant dude. Actually, um, yeah, he's went to University of Michigan. I'm not a Michigan fan, but you know he's pretty smart. No, he went to Harvard. I forget where else he went, but yeah. The problem is they've had, I mean, his record is like 150 games below 500. You know, there's, there's many reasons for that, but half of his, half of his time as a, as a white Sox in, in charge of the white Sox, maybe, maybe not. um, Half that time they were trying to win, you know, making trades for James Shields and shit like that. The other half the time they were rebuilding. So, you know, you kind of get a, a grace period for, you know, when you tear it all down, you can't expect to have it, have it right back up. But really, I think you get four years to do that before you start, you have to see some improvement. And I think, I think the White Sox have, have, have definitely taken a step this year, not a giant step. I mean, they're, they're still, what are you, 20 games below 500? Um, uh, maybe not that much, but I, and that's that's fine. I mean, it's, you, you weren't expecting to to win the division this year or anything like that. But I think it's got to be next year. I think I'm, I think that's kind of back to where I was going with Garrett Cole in the last episode. Is I think the I think the Sox are are they need to look at next year as the year where they you know contend for the division. I'm not you're not guaranteed to do anything, but they need to be in contention. And they just it's been far too long since you guys have been in contention and. If you don't see signs next year of things happening, is that when people finally turn on Rick Hahn? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I, I would say yes. I mean, um, I'll tell you, I'm a little disappointed in this year, but then when I went back and looked at the team that Renteria was given to work with, and then the injuries that occurred, and they basically they are truly a different team when Jimenez, Mincata, Abreu, 
Anderson, McCann, those five guys, they're all in the lineup at the same time. That didn't happen for the first four weeks after the All-Star break. They entered the All-Star break two games under 500, pretty healthy. Those guys got injured kind of going right into it, and and then they fell apart. Um, and that's a team that currently, because of um, they they had no intentions of, of you know, like he's like there was no intention this year that they were really going to compete uh, for the division or a playoff spot. At the same time, it was kind of like they also, when you enter the All Star break at two games under five hundred, I got into the holy shit, the what if phase, and it was kind of like that. I was thinking about the year the Cubs like were kind of expected to do nothing, pulled off. Was it eighty? Was it 84 wins that got him in that year? 88 wins or 86? That like they they it seemed like the Cubs entered a year prematurely. 2015, yeah, for their playoff right? They won 90. They won 90 some games that year. It was uh, whatever. Like they they kind of had like a crappy first half, like a mediocre first half, and then just like burn the engines out and like whoa, what the hell just happened? So I was kind of feeling that way about that White Sox, the White Sox being just like two games under. But then you realize, you know, the players that are still coming aren't developed yet. So you don't have, and you haven't invested in legit backup players um, to fill the voids when a Tim Anderson goes out or Eloy Jimenez. They invested in all of uh, yeah, all of uh, Mikado Cameron. Yeah, <laughs> and by the way, real quick, if I'm Eddie Machado and you put my brother-in-law on the team, I'm not coming. <laughs> I don't need any reporting going back home to the family and what I'm doing on road trips. All right, <laughs> that I will give uh, Rick Hahn an F minus for. F minus, Rick. <laughs> Dumb move, but um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I think if I think Rick Hahn uh, wasn't, I mean Kenny Williams has now drifted off. I, I think he's still on the White Sox. I don't know. I think he's still part of the White Sox organization. But um, we all know. Remember when Rick Hahn went on that like scouting trip two years ago? All of a sudden, all of a sudden, uh, we had. Um, Good old uh, Kenny was back talking to the press and saying what was going to happen, not going to happen. So I kind of feel like those uh, first couple years that Rick Hahn was in charge, quote unquote, he wasn't really fully in charge yet. But I think he's in charge now because I don't think, I'll be honest, I don't think Kenny Williams has any idea how to do a rebuild. I don't think that's his background at all. Um, But I think Rick Hahn, that is where he comes from. So, um, well, it comes from the I White Sox. He's been there since. I think next, next year, year they have to at least compete. They have to be competitive right up to the to, to close to the end. So, all right. And if they don't, then then yeah, it's definitely a uh, like. All right, do we need to make a change here? What the fuck's going on? Uh, one thing I will say though that. Um, and we can we can transfer into this renteria the renteria conversation. 
But, you know, when you're looking at a rebuilding team, and you'll know that you know this from the Cubs, um, you're not so much looking at wins and losses, but you're looking at how the players are developing and progressing. And, you know, I have to give Renteria and you'd have to give Rick Hahn an A-plus on Yon Makata, Tim Anderson, uh, and Lucas Giolito. I mean, those are three guys who have taken giant leaps forward this year. I did not think Jimenez would come up and probably end up hitting 30 home runs this year since he didn't have a full first season, but he very well, he's got 27 with, with, with 14 games left to play. He might get to 30 home runs this year. He might win a, he might win a, a rookie of the year too. Who knows uh, for the AL. So I think you have a lot of positive there. And I, I think Renteria right now, uh, and something he didn't really get a chance to do with the Cubs, is being graded on the development of those core players. And I would say that Ronaldo Lopez is a question mark still, but I would say because he's he had a major leap, he had a pretty good leap forward last year, and now he seems to have taken a step back, but have show, has shown real signs of of um, what he was last year uh, throughout the year. But you got three, three, three young guys who are looking like legit MLB players. So that, I mean, that, what? that actually brings up an interesting, interesting thing uh, based on the timeline we just established, like the, that the Sox need to, they need to compete next year, but do you think they might still be in a development phase? Are their players too young? I, I what I'm getting back to is I, I think I agree. I think Renteria is a perfect development manager, but I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a winning game manager. I don't, I don't, I don't know that he's ever proven that. I think he's proven everything but that, that he, he, <laughs> it must drive you crazy how often he bunts in ridiculous situations and you just, just just poor I, game. I would say, I would say is, though, like, and I, I don't know, like I was looking at, I was trying to look up managerial stats today. If there's any like sabermetric, cybermetric they kept on managers. But there is, I got, there, is I got one, there is one called, uh, what's it called? Field? Uh, there, there, there's this one interesting stat they keep where they rate you a one, two, three or four, and it's against the um, amount of games you've managed and your record. Joe's a two, Renteria is a three. So like, and I looked at I looked up one other thing because this is always an interesting topic. I don't understand what? any of that. What what is, I didn't even understand what that meant. The way the way the stats uh the okay sorry the way the stat is um the way the number is assigned it's it's your record as a manager weighted against or the record of the teams the the record of the teams you've managed weighted against the total games you've managed or something like that. Well, and Joe Madden would be through the roof. I mean, that, that that's crazy. That wouldn't even be close to Renteria. Uh, he's a two. Renteria is a three right now. So 
Um, this year, that's the Renteria is a better manager than Joe Madden. So Renteria is a better lower lower is better. One means your number like the best manager out there. Two is your second tier manager. Renteria is a third tier manager, and then there's the fourth tier managers like Brad Hoskins. Um, and uh, just because I know you love him, so um, <laughs> so so uh, anyway, um, so I look at that, and then. Uh, there was a re- report, uh, a blog had done um, a ranking of the managers, and Ricky got 23 and Madden got 10 uh, uh, for managers. And, um, you know, Matt- Madden was 10 and not any higher because of his problems managing within the game itself. And I think well, those he- points are somewhat valid. One Here's thing I like question. about Renteria that I like that, that over Madden is Renteria tends to let a starting pitcher go where Joe seems to prematurely pull starting pitchers all the time and uh, exhaust bullpens unnecessarily. And um, in the most cases with the White Sox this year, Leaving that starter in has worked out just fine because he's turned it around and, and, and been able to keep the score at bay. So it's when they get into their weak-ass bullpen uh, where the, the problems occur. Yeah, so. I think we're comparing, we're comparing apples to oranges at this point because the, uh, Renteria's responsibilities are not necessarily to win every game. He's, he's there to help develop young players. Joe Madden's been in a position – He's been clearly in the position for many years that he has to win every fucking game. And in this year, he doesn't even have a contract going into next year. So you better believe he's trying to win every single game. So Renteria has got a lot of, a lot of leeway where he can just watch a, watch a starting pitcher struggle when it doesn't really matter if they win or lose. You know, it's, it's a, I think that's a lot different. Well, but you, you had, you had, games, you had games where Kyle Hendricks is pitching just fine and he gets pulled in the fifth. Well, I, uh, there's that yeah. <laughs> that comes yeah. down to analytics. Yeah. You know, hey, this comes down to analytics in a lot of ways when they go through the order the third time that Hendricks sucks. So they know that and they pull him premature prematurely in your mind, but the analytics told them that they need to move. They need to make a move at that point. So uh, the, the, I was not, I didn't bring up this topic to compare Renteria and Madden. I just, I brought it up because I thought it'd be funny that, it looks like Madden could be on the market coming up this next year. And he would be the best manager on the, on the market that anyone could possibly get. And I think it would be in the, in the White Sox best interest to get Joe Madden. I think he, and here's where I disagree. Um, I think Renteria with the White Sox have a high saturation of, of um, Hispanic, Cuban players, and part of the plus for Renteria is he can communicate with them directly. And I think that's part of the the comfort level that the White Sox players have and why these young guys are performing. Uh, I mean, first of all, Joe speaks Spanish fluently. Secondly, I think, I mean, if if you want someone that can speak a language that uh, I don't... I think that that's that's looking at that's like tenth on my list of things I require from a manager. I know, but I just don't. I don't know that. I don't. I, I don't. 
I don't know. I I don't think Renteria is, is a terrible manager. And that was not my I point. Anyone, I don't think anyone knows right now because he's never played. He got pulled prematurely from the Cubs. There's nothing to say that he wouldn't have gotten the same results. Uh, well, you, you can find a stat for that, I'm sure. No, I can't. There's, nothing to say that he, there's nothing to say that he, he would have either. But there's nothing to say that he wouldn't have with the talent the Cubs had. No, then I think we just need the to reason The reason the Cubs are going to pull the plug on Joe, you don't need Joe. You need someone who's, who's, who's okay with looking at some numbers and plugging players. You just said yourself, Joe didn't, Joe, if this is old school managing, Hendricks would be in the game after the fifth. But Joe has a piece of paper that says, even though he's pitching lights out right now, I need to take him out because he's going to get killed. What's your point? But my, my, my point is that that may not necessarily be the case that day. You need to you need to manage within the game, and Joe does not manage well within the game. He just yeah, does. He's only, he's only got the best record of all managers over the last five years. So great. How many World Series has he won? One. How <laughs> could he have won one too? And he's not managing right now. So, I think well. That's my. That's a great segue. I love that you just did that. Wait, did you say Ozzy Guillen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Ozzy Guillen should be the next manager of the Cubs. Oh, yeah. like that. How do you like that? I don't know that Ozzy <laughs> would take that job. <laughs> well, I think if it's just a, uh, I think really it's just. Good you guys. <laughs> I think if you just need a push button manager, it doesn't really matter what who the manager is or what's going on. You might as well have the most entertaining manager you could possibly have. And that's Ozzie Guillen. I want Ozzie Guillen to be the Cubs manager next year. I think it'd be awesome. I love the guy. I'm not sure that he would take the job. I think he would take the job. It would be the ultimate FU to Kenny. I'll tell you that. Okay. Why wouldn't he take the job? What are you talking about? They're going to hand him a major league job with a team that it's constantly in contention. He's going to turn his nose to that. He's dying to get for another year or two, maybe. What's that? Uh, constantly in contention for the next couple of years, for sure. I looked up farm system rankings. The uh, the Boston Red Sox have the worst farm system now since Dombrowski was there, and the Cubs are the third worst farm system in baseball right now. So, so I don't know. So Ozzy Guillen isn't going to manage the Cubs because the Cubs farm system isn't good. Well, because their window, their window is closing rapidly, so he's just oh. going to inherit a fucking mess. All right, we're we're devolving into madness here. <laughs> no madness. <laughs> All right, what do you want to talk about next? Well, we might as well just get to the asshole of the week, right? <laughs> it's you. <laughs> yeah. I think you're going to tell me it's me. No, I, I, I actually picked it. My, my asshole of the week is an entire group. It's a really large asshole. Um, oh. <laughs> a giant, a gigantic asshole. Yeah, my gigantic asshole of the week, I'll go first. My gigantic asshole of the week is the Pittsburgh pitching staff. Ooh, nice. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, I mean, come on, guys. 47 runs. I know the wind was blown out. The wind was blown out. How many Cubs, how many runs did the Cubs pitching staff play out? 
The Cubs outscored the Pittsburgh Pirates by 32 runs. There you go. So I think my vote for biggest assholes of the week is the Pittsburgh pitching staff. You won. You you already won. Now that I have mine, it feels it feels stupid compared to that because you can't beat that. Then <laughs> <laughs> God damn, you're a pro ball club, but allegedly, <laughs> God. My nomination for asshole of the week is a shocking one. Absolutely shocking. No one's going to see this coming. But I am nominating Ben Zobrist as asshole of the week, and. I got I to gotta start by saying asshole is probably too harsh a term. I'm, an, I'm annoyed with Ben Zobris is what it comes down to. Um, I don't think he's he really does. an asshole. He's actually a good guy. He's, he's my World Series MVP in 2016. So I can't be too mad at him. But all this shit with his wife, you know, we've, he missed the majority of the season because of personal reasons, which is also usually out of bounds to bring up. You know, not that I give a fuck and not that a major league asshole should give a fuck, but he, he made it everyone's issue when he left the team and caught, you know, caused some serious issues for a roster that could have used a, a professional at bat here and there, or maybe even a leadoff hitter from time to time. You know, he's gone for four months, all, all this drama, you know, granted it's not his fault necessarily, but. I'm at the game on Friday and I hear Juliana Zobra's song as his walk-up music. And I guess I knew that he was doing that. I had read that. I just, you don't hear it on the broadcast necessarily every time. And it just, it just popped in my head. I'm like, dude, he's getting back together with his wife after all this shit, all, all this stuff. He's even said he, he wants to see if he can reconcile with his wife. And he, he said one thing about it, He believes in a God that believes in reconciliation or something like that. It's just like, dude, we go through all this shit. You put us in this turmoil and then you just go back to her. You know, it's, it just, it's, it doesn't sit well with me. And for that reason, Ben Zobrist, you are my asshole of the week. Wow. Shocking. With his wife, Smitty. What's that? He just wants to reconcile with his wife. I mean, I don't she know. She cheated on him. With a woman. Ooh, we're going to get into that. Well, I'm just saying, saying, what, what, what sounds to me like he's just out. I don't know what's to reconcile. Unless he's a woman. I don't know. I mean, to me, uh, Zobris is just out of the picture. And, uh, you know, good for him for trying. But I don't know. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a. I could tell you personally, I would stop using my ex-wife's uh, estranged wife or whatever she would be at that point to walk up music. Yeah. Plus, I probably would have never used it because she fucking sucks. <laughs> that's that's so, another good reason to stop using it. Not good. <laughs> she's that attractive. But anyway, we're not going to well, get into it. Yeah, we're, we're getting deep in the weeds now. <laughs> now, we're just, now we really are being an asshole. I'm being a real fucking asshole right now. <laughs> Uh, uh, that's all I've got. All right, uh, that's all I've got too. Before uh, before the alcohol truly takes over and this just be- turns into a downward spiral of drunken ramblings. I like think we're well past for you and I. Hey, uh, we're well past that point already. Plug. We don't have any sponsors yet, but 
One of my favorite uh, things to listen to is Barstool Sports. Hold on, I get in the camera angle. And uh, they got the uh, Peak Whitney out, uh, which is uh, which is from a uh, hockey player, uh, Ryan Whitney. It's his drink. It's from the uh, their their little uh, show they do about hockey, but it's pretty fucking good. So check it out, the Pink Whitney, Barstool Sports. Great bunch of guys over there. They make me laugh all the time. Wow. Anywho. Are they giving us some cash or what's going on here? Not yet. Let's that's, do that's, it. That, that's, that's my, that's the beginning of it right there. <laughs> yeah. Not, now we brought it up. No, 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 nothing. Yeah, now it's not going to happen. All right. I'm out. All right. Peace out guys. See you. Oh.